It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. A big day in the sport as option decisions were due and qualifying offer decisions were due. And the Giants had a lot of these cases, a lot of borderline cases such as Michael Conforto, who in fact chose to opt in to next year's contract with the Giants. He will return. Also decisions on Sean Manaya, Ross Stripling, Alex Cobb, and the qualifying offer will break down each and every move and the significance it has for the Giants in the offseason going into next season as well next you are locked on giants your daily san francisco giants podcast part of the locked on podcast network your team every day Hello and welcome to Locked on Giants, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, where it's your team every day. My name is Ben Kaspik, and on this show, we provide daily episodes Monday through Friday, talking about the San Francisco Giants in a way that's data-driven and rational, but also simple, passionate, and accessible to all. I'm a former contributor for the baseball statistics and analysis websites Beyond the Box Score and Rotographs. I've been podcasting about the Giants since 2015, and I'm a lifelong fan. Thank you for making Locked on Giants your first listen every day. We're free and available wherever you get your podcasts, including YouTube. Check us out there. Please hit that subscribe button wherever it is that you happen to be following the show. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 Moneyline bet. That's a $150 if your team wins. Just visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to get started. And where we get started, it is this is a huge busy day in the sport of Major League Baseball. And for the Giants, as usual, they were heavily involved and we knew they were going to be because this is a day when option decisions are due and the fact that they've you know all these deals that they've given out in recent years that have these like player options and whatever like Carlos Rodon last year this was the deadline for the players or the team whether it's a team option or a player option to make those decisions five days after the World Series ends it's also the official start of full free agency. So technically, the Giants could sh- could sign Shohei Otani right now. It's not, that's not how baseball works. These things are a slow burn for whatever reason. Um, that's just the way it is. But anyway, option decisions came in. And the big one, I would say the, the most kind of borderline case, maybe even in the sport, like if you looked at the MLB trade rumors kind of mailbag or not mailbag but like newsletter from this morning the the picture on it was Michael Conforto because he it seems like the Giants are always in this situation he was kind of the guy who was the most difficult to predict call and it was an 18 million dollar decision that he had to make return to the Giants for one year 18 million or go back on the market and it's not just a matter of uh, could he get better than one year 18 million like could he get one year 20 million it's not about that it's like could he get three years 36 million and is that a better kind of play for him at this stage than the one year and the 18 million and ultimately he opted for the one year 18 million as was his right to do so because the giants gave him this contract with the right to opt in it was two years 36 million guaranteed 
can opt out after 2023 if he reached 350 plate appearances, which he more than did. He reached 470. So it was a very mediocre season, though, in San Francisco. So that is why he doesn't opt out here. He didn't opt out because he didn't have a very good season, plain and simple. If he had a monster season, he's opting out. So that's the downside of these deals with opt-outs. And the reason they give them is because the players want them. And it's like how you get the player. And of course, there's a risk that if they don't perform well, then they opt in and then you kind of... In a way, people call it a lose-lose, but I don't consider it a lose-lose because if they end up opting out, it means they had a big season. And so, like, was Carlos Rodon a lose-lose? No, he turned in a Cy Young caliber season the one year he was here, and then he opted out. And, oh, by the way, in the next year, this year, 2023, he was hurt all year and terrible when he was on the field. And so, you know, it's, it's just not that black and white. But for Conforto, he ended up having a very mediocre offensive season like the definition of mediocre hitting just 239 334 on base 384 slugging uh just not very impressive hit 15 homers and exactly 100 weighted runs created plus which suggests exactly league average offense 100 is average uh below average defense which is what i saw with my eyes plus if we look at like defensive runs saved he was at minus one as an outfielder this year, minus three outs above average, minus 3.2 uh, runs above average per ultimate zone rating. So just not a great year for Michael Conforto, hence coming back for one year and $18 million. But the thing, like I got a lot of responses on Twitter when I I posted basically now that we know all of the guaranteed contracts for the Giants going into 2024. Like, we know what they are now. There's, well, all of them as of the start of the offseason. Obviously, there's going to be moves, like signings that they make throughout the offseason, and that'll change. But as of, like, these were up in the air to be determined as of today, and now they've been determined. And, you know, the salaries just running through the, the guaranteed contracts for the Giants for next year. Conforto at 18 million, Hanniger 17 million, Stripling 12 and a half million, Disclafani 12 million. And so I get it. When you look at those first four names, you're looking at regret, 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 or just like players who underperformed certainly uh, either just last year or in the, in the last couple years in the case of Disclafani, uh, what that, what they're being paid. Uh, but after that, Taylor Rogers, 12 million. I think that's reasonable. Alex Cobb, we'll get to that later, will be back for 10 million. Logan Webb, 8 million bargain. Uh, Wilmer Flores, 6.5 million bargain. Luke Jackson, 6.5 million reasonable. So the sum of guaranteed contracts is $102.5 million. And naturally, I think there was a lot of like negative reaction when I posted this. But my follow up was like, this is such an important element here is that it's not like, okay, Conforto wasn't very good and there's like five years left on the contract at 18 million a year. We're talking 18 million for next year, but then it's a clean slate. And I don't mean that in the sense of, well, so we can look ahead to two years from now and things will be fine. I look at it, I mean it, not just look at it in the sense that they're not going to let one year where they're owing Conforto maybe more than he's worth, like 
dramatically affect what they do. Like if you're signing a guy like Shohei Otani to a long year deal, you're not going to say, oh, well, that first year we're going to be paying Michael Conforto 18 million. So therefore, we're not going to do the whole $500 million contract. That's not how they'll think about it. And so the fact that it's only the one year, even if it's a it's an overpay or whatever, it's above market value, which is why he accepted or opted in. That's you you opt in if you're being if the if the opt-in price is like above market value essentially. And so while it's I think the Giants would prefer if he opted out, especially because they want to upgrade in the outfield and it's a crowded mix when you talk about guarantees for the two highest paid players on your team are Conforto and Hanniger, both of whom didn't play well. And you want to improve in the outfield and both of whom are outfielders. And you've also got Yastrzemski and Slater and Luis Matos and Tyler Fitzgerald and others. And you want to upgrade there. So it gets crowded, but you're allowed to trade guys. And Michael Conforto could, you know, he doesn't have no trade protection. He could be a guy who ends up getting dealt, but for it is what it is. Like he opts in for one year, 18 million. I just think, yes, it's not a perfect scenario, You'd much rather, I think, spend that $18 million elsewhere now that you've seen a year out of him. But he's also a guy with a pretty good track record, and he's only 30 years old. And so he also could rebound in a big way. Like, that's a possibility, too. And I just don't think one year is ever going to hamstring them to an extreme extent, especially when they know they need to get better uh, in a hurry. Like I said, oh, Shohei Otani, we could sign him, but because we're paying Conforto $18 million this one year, we're not going to. That's just crazy talk. But if if you're if you got a lot of big underwater contracts that are long term, that does affect your thinking in that way. So anyway, we'll get into the rest of these decisions coming up. Sean Manaya is the next one. Some might be surprised. He opted out. We'll explain why he did it, why it really to me wasn't a surprise in just a minute. And before we do, today's episode is brought to you by our very good friends. Over at FanDuel, score early this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sports book, and they're America's number one sports book for a reason. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's $150 if your team wins. So right now, looking at the 49ers money line coming up, I assume a lot of you are 49ers fans, if not almost all of you, and the money line for the 49ers is at uh, minus 162. They are the favorites to defeat the Jacksonville Jaguars on, I thought they were playing on Thursday. Maybe, I guess not. Sunday? Whenever they play the Jaguars, they're the favorites there at minus 162. If you place a $5 bet there and, and they win, you get 150 bucks. Uh, in bonus bets. So visit fanduel.com slash locked on and kick off the NFL season. The app is super easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options from uh, spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. Again, visit fanduel.com slash locked on, kick off the NFL season. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. All right, as promised, more about the... This big day 
in baseball. It's kind of crazy. The season went by really fast for me, and I have a feeling this offseason, or at least the first month, is going to go by fast. Normally, it goes by slow, but like with my move, as many of you have heard about the saga of my move, and if you're watching on YouTube and my normal nice background is not there, it's because I moved, and I don't I don't want to like permanently nail stuff into the walls until I'm just set on exactly where things need to go, and I'm working on it. Anyway, thanks again for making Locked on Giants your first listen every day, everydayers. Coming up tomorrow, we're going to be getting into a number of topics, including, but not limited to, Patrick Bailey getting snubbed for the Gold Glove Award at Catcher, Logan Webb being named one of the three finalists for National League Cy Young Award uh, contention, Um And also, we're going to start to get into the MLB trade rumors and other websites, top 50 free agents with predictions, which is always a lot of fun. And we spend a lot of time breaking that down, all the different uh, predictions, contract predictions for Shohei Otani and many others. And where do they, where do these uh, experts have, uh, which players do they have the Giants signing in these predictions? So anyway, stay tuned for all of that. But the next uh, guy is Sean Manaya here, and this one I guess I would call the second. Like strip, the stripling was the not stripling. Conforto was the most difficult decision. I would call Manaya the second most difficult one to predict here. But I said repeatedly throughout the season and throughout the off season that because of the kind of what he showed in the middle of the year there was a very real chance that he would actually opt out. And I think a lot of people on the outside are probably surprised that Manaya has ended up opting out of this uh, $12.5 million guarantee for 2024, but I'm not surprised at all. Given the last, um, let's see, since May 22nd, like before, let me just, I'm always saying since May 22nd, let me talk about before May 22nd first. So that's, it's only... uh, he started six games and one, two times, three times he didn't start. But through however many games this was, it was 27 and two-thirds innings. He had a 781 ERA, a 669 fielding independent pitching. He was allowing 2.6 home runs per nine. So like I said, he pitched 27 and two-thirds innings, and he allowed eight homers. And so... You know, it was Ross Stripling-esque, and for poor Stripling, he wasn't a Stripling kept up that poor performance all year, even though, you know, he missed some time on the IL. But for Manaya, that was only, again, 27 and two-thirds innings. So after that point, starting May 22nd, he pitched a, a 90 innings, excuse me, and had a 3-4-0 ERA and a 3-0-4 fielding independent pitching. He allowed uh, six homers during that span. He went a long stretch of time without allowing a single home run. And he did so while having a really good strikeout rate, having a really good walk rate. Like He moved to the bullpen and he just kind of became a dynamic bullpen multi-inning reliever and then towards the end of the year he started making starts as well he actually his last four outings of the season were starts five and two-thirds five and a third seven innings six innings so he proved he could start as well and look at what he did in those starts two two five era three two one fielding independent pitching only walked uh two in 24 innings and gave up two homers and so 
he just like dramatically improved essentially after the first 20 something innings of the season. And so it is not a shock to me that he has opted out. And in fact, I kind of view it as a bittersweet thing because on the one hand, like you just don't want to be committing too much money to guys who are just not that like true impact piece that the Giants are seeking and have sought for a number of years here, including last year. Um, when we're talking Conforto has opted in, Ross Stripling, who we'll get to next, has opted in. You pick up the option on Alex Cobb, but he's having he had hip surgery and he's going to be out for six months. And then suddenly, if like you're adding all those salaries together, as I said, all the guaranteed salaries combine to 102 and a half million. So if you were to add uh, 12 and a half million for Manaya, you would be at 115 million dollars already and that's not counting arbitration estimates and nor is it counting pre-arbitration estimates and so suddenly well, let me just say even without Manaya, the the grand total with guaranteed salaries plus arbitration estimates courtesy of mlb trade rumors that makes really accurate arbitration estimates and roster resources pre-arbitration estimates basically players who are in their first three years of service time, think Patrick Bailey, think, um, I mean, who else? Uh, Ryan Walker, I don't know, guys like this who are new to the league, uh, they make a combined amount of money, even though it's a low amount per player. Uh, the total comes out to about $144 million. Uh, so basically entering the offseason with about $144 million already committed although the arbitration and pre-arbitration figures are not guaranteed that's why i separated that out the guaranteed is only 102 and a half million but if you if they were to tender all these arbitration guys a contract which are there's six players yastrzemski jd davis tyro estrada austin slater lamont wade and tyler rogers those estimates add up to 29 million combined the pre-arbitration estimate is about 12 and a half million combined so the grand total being about 144 million committed or theoretically committed and this year the giants payroll was up about 196 million and so if let's just say they went back to 196 million that would be 52 million dollars to spend on 2024 salaries uh, that is not when I say 52 million, I always have this fear that people think, I mean, you can't sign more than a $52 million contract. Like a $100 million player is twice as expensive as they could afford. That is not what I'm saying. I'm talking about their 2024 salary. And so, for example, the deal they had with Correa at 13 years, 350 million, you do 350 divided by 13, and that's only 26.9 million per year. So if you then said, okay, they had $52 million to spend, they would still have another $25 million to spend per year. They could basically get two Carlos Correas. They could basically sign two 13-year $350 million deals and come out to roughly the same payroll for next year as they had this year, if that makes sense. I hope it does because that's how it works. And so that's why I say this, like especially because – these contracts that don't look great, like Conforto, when we're talking about their per year 
price, like Conforto at 18 million, Hanniger 17, Stripling 12 and a half, Disclafani 12. It's like, ooh, all four of them, but only Hanniger has a contract beyond 2024. And it's just for 2025. And it's a player option. And so if he goes out there and has a monster season, he could actually leave. And then none of those guys would be under contract for 2025. And so anyway, uh, Manaya, basically the peripheral, the kind of under the hood, if you just look at the overall season, you're like, wow, that was a very mediocre season. But it, it, it takes a little more. That's why I think Giants fans saw that he was good for the last four months, essentially, but from the outside looking in, you just see he had a 4-4-4 ERA, just not great. And a lot of relief work, not, you know, 37 games, only 10 starts. But we all saw that he was really good for a long stretch of time. And so I'm not that surprised. And I think uh, good for him. And also, in a way, I think the Giants are relieved to have, you don't want to commit too much to these guys who are just kind of iffy players and not necessarily great. So anyway, coming up in just a minute, we are going to get into the Stripling decision that he made and the Alex Cobb decision that the Giants made. So all about that and breaking it down and what it means, you know, the Cobb decision and injury, what it means for the Giants in the offseason. We'll get into it in just a minute. And before we do, All right, as promised, more about Ross Stripling and Alex Cobb. These were the finer, final two decisions that had to be made, one of the, one of which, thankfully, was a decision the Giants got to make and not that just the player got to make. A, a club option is always preferable if you're the team. And even, I would say, if you're a fan of the team, you'd rather the, the team have the option than the player have the option because the player option does represent pretty much all downside when people so i i refuse to say it's a lose-lose but once the season's over then it's kind of a lose-lose but it's only the first lose doesn't exist it's just a potential lose there's no second lose anyway thanks again for making locked on giants your first listen every day every dayers patrick bailey snubbed for uh uh what is it called? The Gold Glove Award. Uh, and Logan Webb is a Cy Young finalist. Only three finalists per league. And Logan Webb is one of the three finalists in the National League, along with Blake Snell and Zach Gallen. So that is a huge honor. We'll also start to dip our toes into these top 50 free agents lists. They've got you know some big names going to the Giants per MLB trade rumors. We'll get into that and what these predicted contracts are. And... Yeah, if you followed the show in previous off-seasons, we get into that a lot and we start averaging different websites and what their predictions are for contracts. And then we start using that to make a really educated guess about what these guys are ultimately going to get and whether it makes sense for the Giants. So more about that starting tomorrow. So the last couple of decisions that needed to be made, Ross Stripling, it's kind of a non-decision, so I'm going to gloss over it a little bit, but basically... Similar to Manaya, he didn't have a very good year, except not similar to Manaya. Um, he never had a, a stretch where he was really good. And so for Manaya, like I was talking this guy up a ton during those four months when he was pretty much dominant. But for Stripling, he was just basically, I shouldn't have said he was similar to Manaya. He was similar to Manaya's first 20 whatever innings, but all year. 
He allowed over two home runs per nine innings for the whole season. So every nine innings, the, the guy gave up two more than two home runs on average, which was really, really high. He allowed a home run on 22% of every fly ball he allowed, which is real, one out, more than one out of five homer or fly balls turned into a homer against Stripling, who's not a ground ball guy and he's not a strikeout guy. So a lot of balls in the air and a lot of those balls left the ballpark. And the result was a 536 ERA, a 548 uh, expected ERA, 521 fielding independent pitching. It wasn't a good year. And he basically said, I didn't pitch well enough to opt out. He said that like in September. And so we knew this was like the least surprising move of all. Um, and so he's coming back. And like I said, the, I've said this before. I've said it, I'll say it again. The Giants are quote unquote stuck with him. The good news is that it's, it's a one-year deal. And so for him, there's also motivation to go out there and have a big year uh, because he'll be re-entering the market after the season. And I mean, he he's coming off a year in which he had a 301 ERA in 134 innings. And this year, 536. And in his career, he's been a better than average pitcher, an ERA of 3.96. So it's definitely possible, as with Conforto, Conforto, I think there's even more upside than Stripling, but definitely possible that he has a significantly better year. But even if he doesn't, it's just not that big of a deal, I think. Because like I said, it's a one-year thing. They know they need to get better. They're not going to let one year hold them back, or at least they better not. I, I just think that would be insane. But uh, Alex Cobb, it became a little bit more of a question when uh, it was announced that he had hip surgery and... I was shocked by the timeline when they said he will return to pitching in six months. Now, I still continue to find that to be way too vague, and I don't know, does that mean he will return to the major leagues in an estimated six months, like to pitching in games in the majors, or does it mean like he'll just start ramping up in six months? So I would assume by the fact that they picked up the option that it probably means they estimate return to like pitching at the major league level in six months, which would put him on track to miss like a month of the season. So that's not good. But at the same time, it was a $10 million team option with a $2 million buyout. So it was effectively an $8 million decision, which is cheap in baseball terms for the quality of innings, essentially, that Cobb has given them the last couple of years. He is on the older side. Certainly the injuries you know, you start to have concerns when guy, he has an injury history and we're talking about a major hip surgery here and he's 36 years old, but it's kind of low risk at one year, 8 million. And it would be, I would say, almost a bigger risk to let him go because then you're short a potentially really good arm that uh, in your rotation when and when he's healthy and when he's on the field, he's one of the better pitchers that they have. And he was an all-star this year. That's how good he can be. So Logan Webb is locked up. Alex Cobb going to miss some time, which is significant. Stripling is back. He could definitely pitch out of the bullpen, though. There's no guarantee he's going to pitch out of the rotation. Di Scofani has got another year of his contract, but he uh, has been dealing with injuries as well. So then you're looking at like Kyle Harrison, which is, you know, he's an exciting young player, one of the top prospects in the game. Figures to be in that mix and that rotation, if not just like in it outright from the start. And then you've got guys like Keaton Wynn and Tristan Beck, uh, 
also in that mix. But I think that they also have been clear that they want to to target at least top end starting pitching. So that so then we're looking at Yoshinobu Yamamoto. We're looking at uh, Blake Snell, Aaron Nola. There are a lot of really good starting pitchers out there. This is a good season to be looking for starting pitching on the open market in free agency. And so kind of lines up well with the Giants having, I guess you would call it a need with with uh, Manaya opting out, with Cobb going to miss some time. Di Sclafani, you have more and more concern about durability with two straight years with uh you know, injury problems, and then a bunch of young arms that are relatively unproven, like Kyle Harrison, Keaton Wynn, Tristan Beck. And so it makes sense that they're looking for more stability there. And a high-end guy like Yamamoto or Snell or Nola, and there's others as well that I'm forgetting off the top of my head who are free agents. These are some high-end guys. And, you know, I would say Shohei Otani, but he's not going to pitch in 2024. He had another uh, elbow procedure and he's going to not pitch all year so he doesn't count unfortunately it's kind of sad that that happened but um, anyway it's not really a surprise that the Giants picked up that Cobb option and so like I said I kind of ran through it already the guaranteed commitments now that that these decisions have been made entering the offseason come out to 102 and a half million arbitration guys Come out to an estimated 29 million. Pre-arbitration, 12.5 million. Total, 144 million, meaning 52 million to go to get to what this year's payroll was. And so the big question, one of the huge questions is will they at least match this year's payroll or, or will they go back down to where they were the last several years? They only went up this one year in 2023 and it was all of a sudden and it was about by $30 million. And we know these break-even comments by Giants chairman Greg Johnson, and the Giants got like a $30 million payment from their share of MLB's sale of BamTech to Disney. The remaining sh- shares that they held were sold to Disney for $900 million, and each team got about $30 million. So if the Giants are at $144 million-ish already, and then they're only going to get to about 165 million and we're talking they only have 20 million to spend i i just don't think that that happens because i don't think they can improve enough with only spending 20 million dollars so worth pointing out something else greg johnson said during that bob melvin press conference was that they would be willing to go over the luxury tax threshold for the right player you know and that screams superstars you know and you're not getting First of all, we all know like just signing one superstar isn't enough. They need to kind of fill in a number of areas. Like we we said, they need high-end pitching, but they also need hitting help. And so I just don't see them going back down into the 160-something range. I think at least around where they were this year of 190, close to $200 million payroll, which means 50-plus million to spend on 2024 salaries, which is plenty I think it's obviously you'd like some more, but it's not nothing. I mean, like I said, you could sign essentially two 13-year, $350 million contracts and get there. So maybe they will. 
We'll see. Shohei's going to cost more than that, though. So we'll see. We'll see. Anyway, that is all the time we have for today. Thanks again for making Locked on Giants your first listen every day. Every day is tomorrow on the show. Like I said, Logan Webb, Cy Young finalist. Patrick Bailey, was he snubbed? I'm saying yes, but like, let's get into the numbers and then dipping into these top 50 free agent lists and all that and who fits the Giants and what these predicted contracts are. Once again, my name is Ben Kaspik. Check me out on Twitter at Ben Kaspik, K-A-S-P-I-C-K. If you like this show, please consider rating it or leaving a review. Helps me out a lot. So thanks in advance and thank you so much to everyone who's done so already. I can't wait to be with you again tomorrow. Thanks again for listening. You are now Locked on Giants. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.